Welcome to the Brett Boone Podcast. As we sit down and explore the mind of former MLB All-Star, Silver Slugger, and Gold Glove winner, Brett Boone. As he sits down with his friends from the world of professional sports. Welcome back to the Boone Podcast. As Brett sits down for part two of his special podcast with MLB analyst, Ozzie Guillen. And now, here's your host, Brett Boone. 1984, you uh, you get, I believe you get traded to to the White Sox. And in 1985, you're, you're the rookie of the year. After that year, did you go back to Venezuela? Or did you stay in the States? No, I go back to Venezuela. How is that? How, how is that? You're coming home, Ozzy again. You left the little kid scared to death. Uh struggling with all the things you're saying about everybody thinking they hate you and, and you stink and all that. 1985, you're the rookie of the year in the American League and you go back home. Are you like a national hero there? Well, I was playing. You know I mean? Nowadays, players, you know, play in the big league for two weeks and they ne- they not play winter league. Obviously, be- you know, money's better, life is better. I, I, I went back as soon as the season's over. I go back to play in Venezuela all every every game winter league. And I remember when they named me a rookie of the year, we don't have a phone. We don't have a telephone. They, it was hard for, for, for them to contact me to tell I was rookie of the year. They got to connect American, you know, I think uh, the White Sox connecting with a, with a, a newspaper in Venezuela to let me know I was a rookie of the year. Now I'm in the middle of the game. I'm in the middle of the game. And all of a sudden, they announced that. And the PA, PA guy announced that, you know, we got the good news. Ozzy Guinness has been, uh, I'm playing shortstop. And um, Rookie of the Year and all that stuff. People went crazy. Oh, my God. People went nuts. I'm going to sit in the shortstop like, okay, uh, okay, that's fine. Let's keep continuing to play. They stopped the game. They stopped the game. And uh, Luis Aparicio was there. It was the first rookie of the year we have. And it was it was something, you obviously, you're not going to forget about it. Luis Aparicio, I know him before that, hugging me and then the game stopped. And I remember Felipe Alou, he was managing another team. I said, okay, quit hugging people. Let's go play baseball. <laughs> but uh, – you know what? You're not going to forget that because I'm standing after that. I continue to play. People thought we're not playing anymore. I continue to play after that, like six more years. Uh, come to the stage, it was a little different because people expect you to be good. Now you back in your mind, like, oh my God, I got to back it up. It's not, you know, it wasn't a lucky year, you know, all kind of stuff. But uh, back home, man, it was uh, outstanding because back days, no social media. Uh, you have you had to read the papers. I was everywhere. The president, you know, I mean, it was a big deal for our country to to make that happen. Especially when our our best player ever come out of the country, Luis Aparicio did it, and it's something uh, I I really enjoyed. I really love it, and I think uh, my country did, and my country really really was appreciate what I did in that particular year. 88, you're an all-star for the first time. 90, you're an all-star. 91, you're an all-star. 1990, though, you won a gold glove. Talk to me a little bit about your perception of the gold glove. I know it was different in our area. It's almost like you, man, you had to knock that guy with the gold glove. You had to knock him off his horse. You had to to knock that door down twice to get that gold glove. 
Uh, by the way, I think winning the gold glove for me is better than the, it was better than the batting title because the only thing I see, uh, you know, I mean, and if you look at the numbers, my my kids, big time baseball fan, big time baseball fan, my three kids, huge. Uh, they look and say, look, you want the best sort of stuff for last 10 years, your first 10 years in the big league. I even realized that. I said, look, by the numbers, I said, wow. I said, you know, Fernandez, Carl uh, Ricken, Alan Trammell, all those guys. I was playing against all those guys. Alfredo Griffin, all those sort of stuff. That, that was the type of sort of stuff you better catch the ball. Okay? That's in my era. Then all the song when when Garcia Spara come in town, uh, Alice coming in town, all those guys, all the some short stuff, I don't care if you make care of the loan, you can hit home run and be offensive short stuff. Before back day, win the gold glove was the best thing in your life. Oh my God, you win the gold glove, you're like, you in heaven. And uh, I couldn't win a couple more. I couldn't win a couple more. Obviously I did it, but uh, I think to me it's one of the biggest trophy I have because I was, my game was, play defense and I was the best defensive shortstop in that particular year. And uh, nowadays they don't care about that, bro. That that that, that drives me crazy. If you don't play defense, you're not gonna win. Okay, now now new air, new baseball era, you win the gold glove, you don't have a job next year. You know what I mean? You have you win the gold glove in my time so at least you have two more year contract guarantee. Nowadays you win the gold glove, you uh, uh, that happened to a kid here in Chicago. I can record his name right now. Uh, Sanchez. He win the gold glove next year, don't have a job. He got to sign a triple A contract. I say, man, when you win the gold glove back in the days, you know you're going to get paid at least two more years. Yeah, I'll tell you what, defense, uh, for me, I remember as a, as a kid coming up in the minor leagues, they were always saying I was an offensive second baseman. And I kind of took that, that kind of pissed me off. And I worked, especially as a young player, I worked on my defense so much. And, and when I won gold gloves, I, I was proud of those things. And for, you know, to simplify it as much as I can, this game is so hard to hit and, and consistently hit. You're going to have lulls in the season. You're going to have slumps. That bat, it, it, it's that's why hitting is probably the toughest thing to do in sports. But there's no excuse to not play defense. And, and as I got older, uh, it gave me some relief for, you know, when I wasn't swinging the bat good, we weren't, at least I could pick up my glove and go, you know what? I'm not getting any hits, but let me go take some hits away from somebody else. And it kind of, it mentally, it, it calmed me down into, no, I took it personal. Like I'm not getting any hits. You're not getting any hits. And it made it kind of fun. If I, if I turned a big double play or, or made a big play in a situation, I could go home that night and be okay. I contributed to that win, and I think I think that's very important. Even players today, I think it's important to take a lot of pride in that defense because it wins games too. I think defense wins more games than anything now because when you play good defense, your pitching staff to go better. I had the opportunity to watch you play, not because I'm talking to you, and you know I'm very honest and very fair guy. Uh, I was excited when I see you and World Wise together. Uh, in, in, around the around the second base, I say I wonder why. I see you and what wise together, and I see Andrew Jones behind you guys. I say I wonder why Maddox and Glavin and the Small C win those many games because you was a big part of that, huge, huge part of that. And and I and I see you work every day on defense because I had the opportunity to it for two years. I see you working on defense like wow, you know what I mean? Uh, it's like something like. That's the way, not like just take ground balls. You're sweating and, and you put your time on it, you work on it. 
And it's something right now you don't see that. People take ground ball just to like, oh, looking, I'm working out right now. Uh, early, early, early ground balls and all this stuff. I think to me, just I watch, but I had the opportunity to watch you for a couple of years. And I'm, I'm, I'm proud of that. I'm proud. I see you play in, in, in Seattle. It's so many people. It's so good. Your dad, man. Your dad, your dad played that 200 million games. <laughs> yes. And I think, I think, you know, watching him play, he's 95 years old. Go there and play different, better than anybody than Carton Fisk. Uh, he was my teammate for 10 years. He won, you know, he competed against Booney behind the plate. You know, I mean, those little things happening. But let me tell you a, a very a secret from your dad. I was very good on sign. You know, I, I, I'm sign. aware of it. Yeah, I know that. You helped me. I was me. very you good about me. it. All of a sudden, I'm in second base and I see your dad put the signs on. And like, golly, I can get it. I put the TV on to see the sign, nothing. I'm running in first base and he always looking at me. To see, to see, I watching the sign. Then, you know, I could. I, that, that's maybe the only one I can get the sign. Then, when he was managing, I asked him. I said, "Buni, can I use something?" Say, "How you sign was?" He said, "Last pitch indicator." <laughs> wow! I, I, can, I can never get it. Like last pitch indicator. I said, "You mother thou. You know what I mean? It <laughs> takes so much proud and different. That's why I love different so much because maybe I grew up. In that era, like you, you know, you you can you you hit, but you had to play good defense, and that, that's one thing about people don't realize how, how important that you you see the the team compete in the World Series. Just look at the numbers of how much they catch the ball. They, I bet you, they're in top five, top ten. All those guys making the making making those moves, and that's why. Uh, you not play good defense. Your pitching staff. Your pitching staff is okay. It's gonna be better. If your pitching staff is good, they're gonna be legit. And when you not catch the ball with the game on the line, or and even the third inning, you make a mistake in the third inning. All of a sudden, you're pitching. It should be six. It's gonna be five. And people don't realize. May, people run the game right now. Don't realize how, how important pitch, uh, pitching and defense is. You're not gonna win without. I don't care how your offense is. In, my, in Major League Baseball, you got to find a team can hit the, like you do, but also you got to catch the ball and make the plays. When you talk about pitching pitches, picking pitches to this day, um, you know when 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 I'm talking to to young players uh, about picking pitches, your name always comes up. I said some guys out there. We're really good. I said, I wouldn't just take the pitches from anybody. But if an Ozzie Guillen came up to me, if a Mark McLemore came up to me, if a Stan Javier came up to me and said, Booney, you want the pitches? I got them. I said, hell yeah, I want them. Because you don't trust everybody, but there's certain guys, and you were one of them. You had a knack for it. You, you'd say, hey, watch Booney. Watch what he's doing right here. He's doing this, this, and this. And when you talk about uh, my dad, he took a lot of pride in you not getting them. I've had I've had talks at length with him about that because uh, it, it's such an interesting part of the game. It's such a part of the game. And oh, don't get caught, by the way. Don't get caught or you know what's coming next, because as a second baseman, I'm sure you as a shortstop, you knew those guys that were good at picking pitches, good at relaying them to home plate. So I was always looking for those guys to see if they were relaying it and maybe come up to them and say, hey, you, I catch you. You, you. you know what's coming next. You know what? I'm sitting here from a, a picture of a guy 
to me, one of the best players I ever seen in my life, Roberto Alomar. We play, we play in, uh, in Toronto and we know they do something. I said, don't worry about it. I'm, I'm, they, they're front of me. I'm behind it. And they can see. And Roberto Alomar do something. And I think Paul Molito was a hitter. And I told Roberto, I said, if you do that again, we're going to drill you next at bat. He go, what? I said, I don't give a shit. I know you're doing, you told him, I don't know you're throwing fastball or breaking ball. I know it's inside, outside. I ain't, they listen. And it's my body, my body, like my dinner, man. That's every time we see each other, we eat lunch three times. And I said, you better cut that shit because we're going to drill you. Then after the game, we want to have dinner. He go, no, nah, hey, come on, man. I don't do it. I say, hey, brother, just you did. Don't play that game with me. Is you not? Okay, at least I'm watching. Roberto Hernandez was pitching in the nine the next day, and Roberto Hernandez drilled him. Yeah. <laughs> he just exploded. Roberto Hernandez was like 98 heavy. He drilled him. He was in Seco Bay looking at me like, why you told him to drill me? I said, I did it. I did it. I just make a comment, do related pitches, and we ain't going to pull out that. I want to send a message to your teammates. They say, we hit you. He's my friend. Okay, why you spend for somebody else? But to me... That was smart. That's not what cheating. That's mine. You get caught? Okay, but you you are cheating. I, I did it to Alex Rodriguez. I'm he's a manager. Alex Rodriguez he do something with his hand, whatever. And I screaming to him. I said, We're gonna get you. What's last last day of the season? Next year, first game we play against New York Yankees. We drill him three times. And I forgot that. The, but the players, the pitcher, Freddie Garcia, remember, and Duke Hernandez, remember. And all those guys hit him, and uh, he, he thought I was. I told the guy to hit. I said I told them to hit him, and the guy said no. We hit him because you you think you you were cheating, and I play with you, and I know you. You know what I mean? Like, but it's, it's to me, it, that, that it was smart players. You did get caught, then you gotta uh, take the consequence. But uh, baseball was nowadays, man. I used to sit down there and 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 say, I, you know, I'm doing. The, I'm watching the game. Watch those game. And I see Copic. Oh, it's like uh, Jolito was the easy one. Jolito said, "Oh, he's tipping his pitches," and I send a text to one of the players I like or call the coach. Hey, tell Jolito to check his pitches. Tipping his pitches. Then the way it was against Boston Red Sox. The way they was taking it, not the way they were swinging it, the way they were taking it, if you on the bench is a manager or coach and you don't know, they know what's coming, then you not belong to baseball. The second, the, maybe the third hitter, they're going to text Alex Cora. After again, say, Alex, you got the same stuff I have with your little. I say, oh, you sneaky bastard. You get it? I say, yeah, I saw it. The first third bat. He said, yep, we, got every, we, know, we know everything is coming. But uh, the, soon I, the second hitter, Booney, I told third hitter, I told my colleague, Chuck Garfire, uh-oh, he's, he's tipping the pitches. I said, why? Well, look at what he did. And they put the uh, right before the next day uh, on the post-game show, I said, let's show it. And I showed what he was doing. The next day, they talk about it. You know, the pitching coach went out, talk about it, say, yeah. But you don't see that. You know, the soon they take a piece of seat, if you know the pitching, if you want to take one, at least fake it. Those guys like, uh-oh. Change is coming. All right, I got you. But, you know, I said, you cannot take that change up there. At least you got to flinch. And you have to, stuff like, little stuff like that, man. It makes you do a better play. It makes your team a lot better.
Talk about playing on the south side a little bit. Playing in Chicago with two teams, obviously uh, the Cubs at that time, uh, you know, it was the big draw. They had never won, um, but it's still, it's the Chicago Cubs. It's Wrigley Field. How are the fans in Chicago when you were a player, well, and as a manager, how do, how is that split up between White Sox, Cubs? Black and white, no gray. <laughs> you're a white Sox fan they hate you if you're a cop fan they, they don't like each other uh, this is uh, something I remember Thomas played when we start playing the, first of all it was a cross town game then the league we play against them and I told the players hey this will be the closest thing you got to feel beside the World Series because this this these two games these three games we played against the Cubs it was like wow pack house people just back and forth a lot of fights Hate, you know, it's the hate is unbelievable. Uh, fans is not, you know, I mean, they you a south sider, you're north sider, you're a cop, you're a white Sox. and it was fun, it was fun because, uh, especially, you know, I was I'm proud that in the in the uh, let me see, all star game, they picked the best shortstop, the best left field in town, and most of the time, I was the best shortstop, and I was so proud of that. <laughs> That's stupid that you being so proud, you'll be the best shortstop in town. Uh, but I, I was taking so much pride of that. But uh, I said, look, I'm part of the best, the best shirt up in, 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 in town. But Bonnie, it's something fun, awesome. Uh, the new rules of Major League Baseball, they're taking away that fun from, from, from the fans because last year, last couple of years, we only played two games. And this year, they're going to play two games. Two at Wrigley Field, two, uh, uh, I don't know, I call it Comiskey, but Guarantee Field. And it's amazing, man. This is just something fun. Maybe you play New York Mets, New York Yankees, play Boston, New York, maybe a little bit, but play the rivaling thing here. It, it, it was so good. It was so intense. Uh, I, I don't think it's the same intensity now. I don't know why. And But I, back back in the day, it was, it was humongous. I remember managing to my family, say, if we win today, we have dinner out. If we would lose, daddy will barbecue. I don't want people see me. <laughs> that's, right. that's right. We don't want to go out and answer questions. No chance. I say, hey, if we lose, we stay home. We win, we go out. But uh, that's the way it was. That's, it's, it's amazing. It's, this is a great city to play, brother. Great city. You know, there's so many horseshit teams here, and people still behind them, not 100% behind them. Uh, a lot of disappointing ball clubs, not just baseball, every sport. Uh, and 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 the, the, this city is uh wow! It's just it's one of the best city to uh, to be around. People know who you are. People now, you know me. I I like when I say, "Hey man, I'm a big time cop fan," but I love you. I love the way you manage it. Uh, way you love uh, the way you go by stuff. But I hate when you talk about Wrigley Field. I hate when you talk about the Cubs. Uh, you know I me. Mean? It's not like oh, I don't like you. No, I hate you. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. It's not. It's just a uh, I hate you, kids. Oh my God! I hate that uniform. <laughs> I hate oh, your mom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, hate, I hate I hate that uniform. But you're a great manager, man. You also to to watch. You're a great player. You was good for this game in Chicago, but you was when the wrong uniform. You know, just uh, you know, it's just it, 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 always it's, it's gonna be like that. Always be like that. But uh, I think I think it, 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 it's just uh, something unique about this city about baseball. 
You had a stop in, in Baltimore. We played, like I said, we played together. You with the Braves in 98, 99. We got to go to a World Series, but we got our, our butt whooped by the Yankees. And uh, you finish up your career in Tampa. When you were done, Ozzy, were you thinking, done as a player, were you thinking, you already preconceived, like, I know what I want to do. I want to get on this side. I want to get on this side and, be, and be, a, be a coach, be a manager. Did you know that when you were walking from the game? Well, I know I want to be a coach when you was a player. Because yeah. I was with Atlanta Braves. Uh, Bobby Cox gave me the opportunity to act, talk to him a lot, ask him a lot of questions. I love saying I was a player. I love to coach. Uh, I never thought it would be that quick, Booney. I never thought it would be, wow. The soon When I, when, when I, I could have played with, with Tampa and I got released, uh, I was very disappointed. I was very uh, angry about baseball because I thought I could have played a couple more years just to help. And my name, every time you're in the bench or you're a backup player, every time something happened to the pitching staff, they got to bring somebody to from AAA, your names come up, we go, okay, we release Ozzy uh, and this. And, you know, he said, I was tired. I said, you know what? I was only 36. Back then, he was pretty young to to be a backup player for a couple more years. Uh, nowadays, you you're in the wheelchair, you know, you're a backup player now when you're 22. But uh, it was, uh, I was, I was very disappointed about the thing. I was very disappointed about people running the game, but it was my fault. I could, okay, they think I can play anymore. Then I told my family, say, listen, if can I, can I, if I cannot play for Tampa Bay, I cannot play for anybody in the big league. This is the worst thing in baseball. This is the worst city in baseball to uh, play baseball. A city is nice. I talk, I talk about baseball size now it got better way better not when i was there and i said i'm done i'm done i don't want to do this anymore and see what happened i got lucky now jeff torbor he take the montreal Espos job and he called me his wife called me and uh and and, and felipe alu was the manager with the expos and no way felipe gonna get fired no chance one of the best managers in the game you know what i mean he called me say uh i just talked to uh Jeffrey Gloria, I think I'm gonna manage in the the Espos. I said, what? Is, uh, Felipe is there? No, no, you know. I said, you want to come here and join me as a, as a coach? I said, no, I'm, I hate the game. I'm very upset <laughs> with the game. Oh yeah, yeah it's like, I ain't fucking not so bad. But no, nah, like, you know what? Nah, I'm, I'm supposed to have a, a one month vacation in Spain. I love bullfights. And that's why I said in my mind, as soon as I'm done with baseball, I'll go to Spain, spend two months there watching bullfights and living that life. Then I was taking a shower. My wife said, what's up? I said, no, Jeff Torrey called me to be coach. And I thought she said, bullshit, you go back to baseball. I said, you know what? Think about it. And I said, think about what? I said, listen, you're Latino. You're Latino. You're just done with the game. How many Latinos had the opportunity to be a coach right after they finished play? And I go, I don't care. <laughs> you tell I cute shit about it. I said, well, you know what? You want to do it. You have my bless. Don't worry about me. Don't worry about your kids. Because the opportunity don't present every day to a Latino guy. And you, you want to it says, oh, and my wife told me, say, hey, just take it like you're going to college. You got three, three four years. If you're not managing, you're not going to graduate from college. Just go home. We just stay here in Venezuela. 
But uh, don't don't let this boss go by because you will be regretted uh, later. Then Alan think about it, went out to play golf. Then Ugi Urbina was playing for uh, Ugi, uh, Vladimir Guerrero, a couple of friends would play there. Then I told Ugi, hey, they say, oh my God, come over, do it. This, this. And finally, I made that decision. My wife said, you got my place, don't worry about it, go Montreal. And thank God, I listened today to her once again. And, you know, we play Montreal, I have fun. I learned how to be a coach. I was coaching so, so many years before that. I just, and, and all the son, they want to, <laughs> this is crazy. I played for Jeff Thor. We want me to activate me. Take me out of the uh, coaching roster, put me in there. I said, nope, I ain't do that. I'm done. My time was over. I know you're just going to be here just to be here. Nah, nah, just let the kids play. And I'll do whatever I have to do. I'll help you different way. Then I got lucky enough to move, the team move from there to Miami. And I leave 10 minutes right on the beach. I got my boat there and to coach the Marley. I go, oh my God, what a lucky guy. One, look, one, once again, I've been lucky. Thank God. But well, we'll be there. We, fortunately, we win the, the World Series. But, uh, being from player to coach to me, it wasn't it wasn't hard because I love it. It wasn't hard at all. Uh, one thing about when you coach and you just don't play, don't think like, oh, I could I keep I can do better than that guy. Oh, I was there. You know, I mean, you cannot make that. You know, I mean, you cannot compare yourself with anybody when you're coaching. You just finish playing because you'll be wrong. You are told you a coach, shut up, and you're a coach for a reason. And that helped me a lot. I said, I never see anybody playing short I'm like, why ain't coaching? I should be playing. No, I never think about it. I didn't even touch a glove any time in my life. I even play football. I even play with my kids. That's it. When I'm done playing and coaching, I grab my phone, go learn how to throw. Oh, you know what? Uh, Alana Brace, it, 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 I learned there because I was throwing batting practice to the pitching staff early, early, early hitting because I, I, I just wanted, I always, always love to be coaching. And I'm lucky enough, I got the opportunity to manage him so fast. And like I said, I got to take my wife to make that decision because it's not, I don't know what I've been doing now because uh, I was very, very upset with, the, with, with, with baseball. You mentioned you won, you won the World Series in 03 as a coach. Still had to be awesome, you know. Uh, you know, recently, and I and I mentioned this on a previous show. Uh, my dad, he won a World Series as a player in 1980. But Ozzy, he was with the the Washington Nationals for 13 years as a as a VP. And to watch him in 2019 when they won, uh, it, like he had tears in his eyes. And I said, Dad, well, you won as a player in 1980. He says, You know, that's a long time ago, and that was great. He said, But Brett, this is really cool. Because I put a lot of a lot of time and effort and and to see these kids win, uh, these kids that I watch grow up. He said this is just as fulfilling as anything I I could imagine. Um, you won one in 03. Now all of a sudden you like you said you didn't expect to manage this quick. You get the you get the job in in Chicago. You're the White Sox skipper, and things are going to happen pretty damn quick for you. Um, take me through that that phone call. You, the, the interview process, the phone call when when you realize you you got the White Sox managing job. Well, first of all, I took one. I, we play in the Cubs. 
uh, in the playoff and I have a meeting with Jerry. Obviously, I played with Jerry for Jerry for so many years. Then we talk about it, about the thing. He just wants us to beat the Cubs. And we don't talk about managing nothing at all. We just have a nice dinner and talk about it. And uh, for some reason, I think Jeff Thorbo or Jack McKinn called the White House. They, they just need a manager. So, you know what? Talk to Ozzy. Obviously, back then, Ozzy, no, nah, come on. Ozzy's not, you know, he's a kid. He's, uh, he's just coaching because he loves baseball. But nah. Then Jerry told me, they told Kenny, he said, we, I want you to talk to Ozzy. And it was it, it was weird because in the playoff nowadays you 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 interview managers doing the in the clubhouse <laughs> in the in the washer you in the clubhouse we can interview you back then it's like it was like nobody can nobody know about it we got to wait to after the after the washer was over and all the stuff and you know Kenny sent me a message say uh, we like to talk to you after the washers not like okay. You know, cool. But I, 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 I was having so much fun living in my house, enjoying my time, taking my kids to school, and coaching. You know me. I love to coach. I know how to deal with media. I know how to deal with fans. Never my fault. You know me. I have a great time with the guys. I, I get along with the players better than anybody. It was awesome. And then all the song we have a meeting. I talked to oh, no, we in, uh, in the caravan. No, in uh we're celebrating the World Series. And we went to Ivan Rodriguez, our pouch. And I was shit face. We have fun. <laughs> I swear to God, I, I feel like I was another player, man. They treat me like another player. The Latino guy, Miguel Cabrera, Pudge, you know, Better Lee. All those guys treat me like awesome. I was I, I was his dad, older brother for everyone. And that, that was my best time ever was in baseball life was coaching those guys. It was so awesome. Then I talked to Kenny and I was hangover, more drunk than hangover. My wife told me the same stuff. He did, she did throw to uh, Montreal, say, hey. I said, nah, I don't want to talk to them. Fuck it, you know, I don't care. And I have fun here, I want to have fun. Last couple of years been miserable because the, the way in you know, my career, like get out of here, thank you for coming, see ya. And I, I still have that in my in my system. Then this year, that year, it was outstanding all year long. And I talked to Kenny. The first thing I told Kenny, said, listen, if you go to interview me just because I'm Latino, I can leave. I, you know, I, and Kenny said, oh, you go to start like that? I said, well, I just being honest, man. I don't want to waste your time. I don't want you to waste my time. I had a great job. And you want to talk about it? Well, let's go do it. You know, but I want you to be Honest with me, if, if this is just to please Jerry or whatever it is, let me know. I know you're not going to hurt my feelings. No, we start talking. Kenny, I guess I convinced Kenny. Kenny called Jerry. Uh, that night, they told me to stay. The Bulls, they played the Bulls. They want me to stay to have a meeting next day to Jerry, with Jerry. And I couldn't stay because they had the, uh, the parade. That's what it is. And the Mali had two parades, three parades, one for the Cubans, one for uh, the, everybody, and one in the boat. Three parades. Well, you know how fun that was. Oh, I remember. <laughs> I was so wasted. Anyway, I come two days later, meet with Jerry, Kenny. Kenny had to go to a wedding in Atlanta. I sit with Jerry, talk about it. 
then say, congratulations, you're going to be a new manager. You cannot tell anybody this. For how long? Say, two, we told you, like 10 days, whatever. I went back to Disney. Oh, then I said, okay, thank you. But I'm, okay, nah. And Jerry told me, you're not excited? I'm not sure I was excited. Excited about what? I go to manage a team. You know how respons- you know how much responsibility I have? You don't give me a gift. You give me a job. When you give you a job, I have to, you know, be good at it. That's not exciting. So thank you. I'm proud, yes. And I want to be, yes. And I want to be the managers with the team I play all my life. Of course. Go back home. I told my wife, I got, you cannot tell my kids. You cannot tell Pudge, Pudge, anybody. I managed the White Sox. Actually, was so excited. And it was fun. It, it was something. The reason it was fun for me, or the biggest reason it was more fun for me, because I know the organization. I know I played there for so long, and I know I'm going to be back home. You can put it that way, and it was easier for us to make that that change because we back in Chicago. We know everybody. We know the city, and I think. And fortunately, and unfortunately, fortunately, I win right away. You know, 2004. I think we have a great chance. Frank and Maglodonia got her or chance went away. Then 2005, nobody picked off to win. And that thing, it was bunny outstanding. We don't have a superstars. We don't have an ego guy with ego. We just, another, it's another ball club there. And the way they went by the business, it was outstanding. I played the big league for good, great players, better than them. I have a normal guys. And everyone, now I'm not going to say, okay, we win because that one. We, we win because this. I think we win because. Everybody wear that uniform from the first day to the last day. They they compete. They compete. They play well. They play for the team. They play for each other. They take care of each other. And that's the easiest. Not because we win the World Series. That was the easiest job I ever had because I don't have to worry about nobody or get anybody's case. Or, you know I me. Mean? I throw the guys under the balls a lot. Oh, hell yeah. Why? Because well, look, at, look, at my, look at my team. A.J. Persinski, El Duque Hernandez, Kyle Everett, Freddie Garcia, a bunch of guys, a bunch of veterans, when they play for another team, they're troublemakers, problems. And we meet any of those guys, man. Those guys was class act, play the right way, go out there about the business, take care of each other, criticize each other, love each other. And like I say, my, my job was make the lineup and check people's hands after the game and drink a cup of vodka, because they they did everything for me. You mentioned Big Fred, one of my favorite teammates of all time. I, I was with him in Seattle. He was our horse over there. Um, he had a great bunch of guys, and and I hear it, Ozzy. And I'm and you know, I wasn't just saying it when I talked to Brzezinski, when I talked to Canerico. They said they said Ozzy was unbelievable. He was exactly what we needed. Uh, <clears throat> when you came to town and they loved playing for you. Hey, you're coming back. I mean, it had to almost be like a dream. I mean, you're coming back to the city that, that loved you when you played there as their shortstop, you're coming back as a manager. And within a year, you're world's your world series champion. And not only that, it's when's the last time those white Sox won a world series. That was a long time. And by the way, during that world series, did you have any Cubs fans cheering for you? I doubt it. <laughs> I, it's a funny, funny. It, it's this is a funny. And, and by the way, you probably have to do with this. 
we are, we beat the cops. Okay, we beat the cops. And we stay one day in Chicago because we had to wait Boston Yankees play. We wait, and in the way out, I see next to the manager, Jack McKeon, and the guy have a sign with the Marlins in the airport, like, you know, in the exit, that is the security guy said, go White Sox. <laughs> <laughs> they want they want the Marlins to be the cops. When we left that day, I say with that, and your brother, we're sitting there waiting, and your brother hit a home run. I said, oh, we in I think the boy just left his bat, and everybody get up to leave because everybody was packed waiting to see what city we're going to go. And I, 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 I just like, uh, we just, they hit the home run and say, oh, shit, we're going to New York. I was like, oh, God, there we go. Nice. We're going to play against the Yankees. But uh, it, it, it's it's uh, it's something. When we got there, man, it, it, it was so much fun because we got to play against the, the, the they got to play against the New York. We are a bunch of kids. They know how they don't have any names, you know. Then after that, they got better, you know, Miguel Cabrera, all those times. But by then, they just like another team. But uh, I, I remember, you know, me here when they win and the Cubs, uh, you know, win yet it was it was amazing. You can, you know, literally, you can, you know, me. I live in the south, you know, West South. Most ninety percent of the where I live is all White Sox fan. But the respect I have over the years. In Chicago, is, is that's priceless. You know what I mean? You, the only people they love here is Michael Jordan. Love. They love Michael Jordan. Uh, Walter Payton, but he's not alive. You know, they don't love too many people here. They like him, but they don't love, the, the, you know, love too many people. And I feel like a little love for me. That's the reason I live in Chicago. That's the reason we move here. Well, the reason we are because my grandkids. But the reason we stay in Chicago because because... Uh, the respect they show me, the respect, the love, uh, they show me not just because the worship, I think because I spent so much time here in Chicago. Uh, I feel like this is my house. And I think people really appreciate that. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, you, you, you it, it was an, that was an awesome run, that 2005 run. You win the World Series. Um, I'm, I'm interested to know, you, Dealing with the media as a manager now, were there any guys that you'd, you'd watch? You know, because as players, we'd watch. We watch these guys on TV after the game. We're done a game. They say some things, but they never come around. You know, it's always uh, they're very critical, but then they never come around. Did you did you ever find that managing and dealing with the media? Oh, God, big time every day. Oh, gosh. I like get myself in trolls. I get myself in trouble. So that's why I did the media attention was so like every time I sit down at four o'clock, I go to do it's like 30 cameras because whatever I say, oh, it's, it's, it's going to be something interesting. I going to say today every day. But I think that was part of the game. You know what I mean? That was like, wow, we got the attention from all town. That's that's amazing. Then plus, plus we was playing well. Besides that, you know, we were playing well. Media attention was good. Now it's like, you know me, now you know how bloggers anymore. You got social media, uh, only three guys cover the team. Uh, it, there's not too many people go to the, to the, to the clubhouse. So many rules right now to the media. Uh, if you, you say something about the players, uh, back then they get, they get the ass. 
They talk to you, it's over with. Now you say something about the play, the play told the PR, the, the PR guy, I don't want this guy, we don't want this guy in the clubhouse. So many, so many heartened to be part of the media. And I told them, hey, I'm media. And you guys got to listen to me before and after the game. If you wanted me, if you want me to not say anything bad about you guys or something you don't want to hear, that's easy way, Booney. You play well, you play the way, even you fail. If I see you play the way you should be, your name's not going to be up. But I see something I don't like or something you should or something you say, I will I will call you up. And next day I go to the ballpark. If you want to face me, I will face you. And I will tell you exactly what I said. Just if you were to say something about what I say about you, you better bring your lunch because I'm not going to lie to the fans when I say something because I I had to be thousand percent and right. I know what to say. It's tough just to be famous or look at what I say, look at what I said. I do you not know, mean how many times I call up Tony La Russa? Every almost every other day, I like come on, Tony I'm in the air. And Tony talked to me. We had dinner and we talked about it. I said, what? I said, Tony, oh, I know I was wrong. I said, why? You say it. I believe it. I said, yeah, I know what to say. Stop by you just because I'm crazy or stupid. But uh, uh, the hardest thing is that it's, it's more fun. I love it. Work on TV. But it's not easy to work on TV when you're still around players. Uh, because some way, the way you maybe say something on TV, you hurt somebody's feeling when you don't want to or you don't mean to. It's, 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 this is a job I, I love. I hope I've had this job for the rest of my life. But uh, it's, I learned a lot from this job. It's not easy. And, and you have to be really, really careful why you will step up to it. I can say anything about anybody. I can rip you in the, in, and I say, hey, you like what I say? Well, be ready because next two weeks I have a mic in my mouth. I will rip you to death. And in Chicago, most of the time, when, when every time I say something, fans got to believe that. Even I'm wrong or right, they got to believe that because they know since 1985, everything come out of my mouth is 100% true, 100% fact. And and th that's why the fans uh, support me a lot and the, the media support me a lot here just because that. Maybe wrong or right. Wrong or right. It's a fact. It's what I think. That's why... People should, you know, it's nothing. It's not a maybe. I think if I don't believe in those words. You mentioned talking to the current player. The current player today. Do you find uh, how do players how do players today respond? Like players that you're a little bit older than me, but I'm from you know now. I'm considered you know I've been out of the game for 15 years. Talking to the to the current players uh, about your generation or coming from your mindset? Um, how do they handle uh, the critical rhetoric? Sometimes you got to give them. They know you're being honest. They know you, it's not anything personal, but it's just how you, how you feel. Now I, I know you, I, I've known you for a lot of years. I know when Ozzy speaks, this is not anything personal. This is how he feels about the situation. And he's just being honest. He's not, he's not candy coating it, sugar coating it. I should say. Well, it's, it's kind of the weird thing because when you're managing, you can control them because you show the respect and you show from the beginning. You cannot go there and say, oh, I love you guys, I love you guys, or the son two weeks later, like, I hate you guys, I hate you guys, or the son, we win a couple games, I love you guys. No, no. You got to stay the same guys no matter what. From the beginning, from the first 
first meeting you have in spring training, first meeting, you put every ton on the table. Okay, rules. I don't have any rules, guy. My rules is to make sure you run the ball hard and be on time. Besides that, you create your own rules. Your clubhouse rule is by the players, not me. You got you. You make your own rules, okay? And you, I want it. I want the list of rules you guys make. You guys gonna make it, okay? When you guys made it, that's the rules we gonna have. It's not Aussie rules. It's the players' rules. The only rules I have: make sure you be on time, and 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 play the way you should be playing. That's it. And and make sure you respect each other. Let me talk about you guys. Don't talk to each other. You have any problem? Something you don't like? Be a man and face it. Right in the clubhouse. Right to his face. Don't go around. Don't go around talking about your teammate, talk about your manager, talk about your coaches. You know, have some guts. You feel something about me? I'm here. You can say, I don't like, you know, I don't like what you say about me, or I don't like the way you treat me. I, don't like, I, I, I will tell you why I did it. Maybe you're not going to like it, but it's all open. I said, I told my players, Bunny, I said, three things. When I call you to my office, it's three things. You, well, besides you made the All-Star team, or I say, you get released, you got sent down, or you got trade. When you call, I say, I say, want to talk to you, pack. <laughs> pack, because I, but when I have a problem with you, I want to face you in the clubhouse. People can see me talking to you, or I not got to close the door and talking to you, no. I know how to. I know what to, I know what to fight with you. I we got to talk about it, and uh, that that you know I me. Mean, that was that's simple as that. You know I me. Mean? All the players have a problem. I, I call him up from make sure your teammate hear what I got to tell you, and that create less problem. That creates more respect, and uh, and that create more like oh shit, this is for real. You got to let all oh, know why he's mad at this or what he's mad at that. Oh hey, good job yesterday. We, you know I me. Mean? All all the good thing we had to be in the club. We had to know each other. When I call you to my office, one of my coaches say, "Ozzy, want to talk to you?" Pack because it's only three things is going to happen: trade, release, or or sit down. And it worked out pretty good for me. You mentioned Tony Larusa. He was your first manager in the big leagues. You played for Torborg. You played. You coached for Torborg. You played for Torborg. Uh, you coach, uh, coached under McKeon. Fergozzi, Lamont, Bobby Cox. Um, did you have any influences that that kind of shaped how you managed, or was it Ozzy's way and just taking a little bit here and there? Well, you know, Bobby Cox is the one I was talking to him all the time, and I agree with Bobby, maybe 30% of the movie made. Uh, but I say, Skip, I want to do this, I want to do that. I'm not going to second guess you. I want to tell you what I think it was I, sh- I will do. I say, Ozzy, never do what I do because you might know bo- more baseball than me. I say, why? Because you know your teammates. I don't know them. You know them. You might be better manager for them than me. Just what you think, what you feel, and don't be afraid to do anything is in your mind. Okay? You want to second-guess yourself before anybody else does. And I think Bobby is the one giving me opportunity the most about managing them because that's the time I wasn't playing. And I want to take opportunity to one of the best managers in the game and managing a great team. Not great, I don't want to talk about great talent because they had talent, but the great team. 
a great team, great ball club. They get along together. You know, it, it was a great thing to be around them. But, uh, you know, I mean, I think, I think Jeff Torbo gave me the opportunity, even when I was a player, he let me play, let me do, let me a captain. I think I, I, I am who I am because Jeff Torbo, yes, I am. But I learned more from, from Bobby just because I was on the bench and I, I don't want to waste my time just to see what color the shoes those guys were. I want to, I want to manage the game like I was managing the game without be the boss. And, uh, that, 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 that and it, it was easy to manage it. I hate it because it was easy to manage it. Uh, two guys, do you guys play hard? You guys was good. Got great talent. Good, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, this is boring to manage this guy. Very boring. But also, I take the opportunity to manage you guys in the clubhouse. How the superstars are, how the group plays, acting, how the backup players doing. Who's the guy? You know, I was like, okay, I do this, I do that. I will talk to Chipper today about yesterday. Uh, I will grab Andrew Young and just be on his ass because he didn't run the balls out yesterday. You know what I mean? Just put in my mind like how I will handle a team like that. But it's easy to handle a team when you don't have a expectation or when you don't have any guys, you know, you, you know, you know what to win because you say, hey, let's go, that's the way we're going to play. When the expectation is high, we're a bunch of great players, it's harder. You can ask your brother. You can ask your brother how hard it is because the expectation is they to win. That's hard to do. Like, okay, the expectation, but that's fun because you all say, okay, I'm going to have a chance. Let's do it. But uh, manage is not easy. Manage is not easy. No matter who you got, who you manage it, who you deal with. And and I think Jeff Thor will give me an opportunity, but Bobby Kazi was the one I tried to not emulate them, just to 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 learn from them the, the good and the bad. Turning to the uh the WBC what's what's about to happen. Um how do you what's your perspective of this? I always thought about the WBC when, you know, we're going to play USA against Japan, against Dominican, against Venezuela. I always thought as a player, as a big leaguer, I never played in, in one of those events, but I always thought, yeah, but the main goal is to get ready for my team. In the, in the big leagues, it wasn't it wasn't necessarily. I mean, it's always an honor to play for your country, but at the same time, my job is to be responsible for the Seattle Mariners to stay healthy and be ready for that 162 games. It seems like when you play a team like Japan, it was a bigger deal for them coming to the table. There was a lot. I mean, that country's eyes was on Japan's play in the United States. Big deal. How big of a deal do you think it is for, for say, the Venezuela team, the Dominican team? Are they excited about beating the USA? Or is it, wait a minute, most of these guys are my teammates in, in the big leagues? It's a lot of different. A lot of different. A lot of different. Like here, okay, uh, Dylan Zs is an example. Uh, he's not going to pitch for a USA team. All right, we got enough talent. They can pick another one. Uh Judge, you can make it. Okay, we got another right field. In 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 their country, I'm talking about Venezuela, maybe Puerto Rico, Venezuela, Dominican, Colombia. Uh, if one of the players say, I'm not, I cannot play for the team, oh, you better, you better move out. They will hate you, hate your family. Uh, they will boo you from your kids. 
You know what I mean? Like, because they think you let them down. And that's a fact. I remember Mariano Rivera don't represent Panama for a reason, whatever reason was, I don't care the reason was. Oh my God, they hate Mariano. They're still bitter about Mariano not be there in that team. And, and, and that's a big deal for Latin America. Huge deal. It's it just like, okay, put it this, how big it is. Okay, the, the series over this year. Okay? And they start talking about what's going to happen in the next four years. I'm not going to compare this with a World Cup, soccer World Cup. It never will. No chance. But uh, it, in, in those countries, bro, they're making who will be the manager. They make pools. Uh, who will be the third baseman. They make people talk about it. This is a talk of for four years. Uh, here, the soon the thing's over, everybody go to the ball club and move on. Over there, it's a huge, man. Nobody even can. I think it's bigger for us. And we were more, more proud of that than, than, than for the American uh, USA teams. It's no doubt. It's no doubt because I let I leave that. I I was with ESPN talk about it. Uh, I, I'm, I'm talking Venezuelan players, Cuban players. You know what I mean? All this stuff. And I think last year, uh, last time the, the United States played, they realized that. They realized that people would say, we kick their butt. Yes, the best. They, they play 162 games against the United States. They're going to lose 150. It's no doubt about it. Play against American teams you know, because of this talent is too too good here. But they're proud. It's a, it's a, you're talking about from exhibition game to let's go do this. That That's a different mentality how you prepare yourself to compete against USA because the World Cup, you know, the this cup, everybody thinks they're going to compete against USA. You know what I mean? They say, oh, we might play Cuba in the final. We might play Japan in the final. No, everybody in mind, okay, the final is going to be USA, Dominican Republic, or the final is going to be USA, Cuba. They have in their mind how we are prepared to beat USA because they know the potential about it. But it's a short, it's a short week. Everything goes so fast. Uh, it's, it's not easy to to play those games. I think that's good for baseball. Yes, it is great for baseball. But is it is good for baseball in the United States? I doubt it. I doubt it's bigger than in our country. There's no chance it's bigger than in our country. Our country take this thing serious. They go after. I know what, I'm not saying the United States they don't. They do. Obviously they do. But it's 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 bigger. It's bigger, more compromised. Uh, teams for another countries like Dominican, Venezuelans, Colombian team, Cuban team, uh, Puerto Rican team, just be, it's bigger than that. It's just, uh, I don't know why. By the way, I think Puerto Rico win the, this, they finished second last time and they have a parade in Puerto Rico. They have a parade. <laughs> that's crazy. But I, but I think that's cool though. You know, yeah, it, it, you're all. right. It's not that big of a deal to, to, in the U.S. to to win that thing, but but I think for the players, especially whether you mentioned Puerto Rico or the Dominican or Venezuela, to to get their country is that fired up about it, you know, when they're walking around and the, and a year later they could still be talking about the WBC with them. I don't know. I I just the passion that those fans show. That's why I always loved Ozzy. I, you know, Seattle fans were unbelievable, but you go back to that that Yankees and Boston rivalry. I mean, you walk down the streets and, and the fans yell at you as an opponent every day. I love that. I love walking down 
the street in New York and, and some New Yorker yell at me from across your booty. We're going to kick <laughs> we're going to kick your ass tonight. I love but, that. By the way, because they care. I, I was in the playoff. With the Mets. And I, I feel like I was living in New York and the people were just cursing you out, fight. Yeah. My wife had to slap one guy in the, you know, me because he, <laughs> he said, oh, he did in, New York, in uh, the Mets. Then we beat them and we go to play New York Yankees or the Warriors. This was like, oh my God. But uh, it, 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 Boonies, right now they're playing the Koreans, uh, the, the Winter League. Uh, I think uh, you, you see the games in Dominican Republic, they say when. He just he gives you you goosebumps and you I feel proud like oh my god those fans are crazy and good they don't care who you are last night I was watching the game Caracas La Guaira they in the first game of the final and Acuna best player we have and he played in Venezuela and they boo him to death <laughs> <laughs> they just curse him out boo him and that that show you I say. I'm finding you when you're not wear that uniform. When you wear that uniform, I hate. We gonna hate you. You know, I mean, it's just so much fun, and I think that carry over. That carry over to 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 those uh, to those games because I think uh, it's very interesting for baseball and very interesting for everybody. But it's it's more interesting for the Latino community than anybody else. That's very cool. <laughs> Check him out. Ozzie Guillen, NBC Sports Chicago. Uh, Ozzie, this has been a pleasure. Been a lot of fun catching up. Great career. Great, great managerial career. Like I said, I, you know, and I'm glad we have that in common. I don't care if you like me, you dislike me, but you're going to respect me. You're always that way. And, and uh, man, what a, what a great life and, and how revered you are in Chicago. The people truly love you there. Uh, and as we do each and every Boone podcast, at the end of the podcast is we kick it back to the voice of the podcast. And that voice is Dan Levy. Dan? That's going to wrap it up for the Boone podcast. My name is Dan Levy, and I'm the technical director, producer, and voice of the Boone podcast. The executive producer is Rich Herrera. The digital content for the Boone podcast is provided by Liz Landry. Please share the Boone podcast with neighbors and friends, and make sure you subscribe to the Boone podcast so you never miss an episode of the show. And while you're at it, please give it a five-star rating and share your feelings about the Boone Podcast by leaving a review on whatever platform you listen to the show. For all of us here on the Boone Podcast, I'm Dan Levy. Thanks for listening.